You're listening to the news and why it matters on demand. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Stu, what was the top story? Just getting excited for my Worthington's protein loaf, making up for, uh, as, as everyone does, a traditional <laughs> Thanksgiving meal. Wor- uh, I'm sorry, what? Worthington's protein loaf. Wor- uh, that's right. Worthington's- Today's show brought to you by Worthington's protein loaf. Oh, uh, it's a protein <laughs> loaf awful. that kind of looks a little like turkey if you put it in a loaf. Uh, it's great. You'll is love it, it is it like rectangular? It is kind of rectangular. Um, yeah, it looks like a loaf of bread kind of except it's it's made out of a turkeyish substance that's not turkey. Uh, actually You're we, not hard selling. No, this. I know. It's, I, I think it's funny because it's like the worst possible thing you could call something is a protein loaf. It sounds <laughs> terrible. Uh, actually that stuff is pretty good. Uh, Why did you even try it? Uh, well, I'm a vegetarian you're, as you know. Yeah, but uh, you're like, "Oh, protein loaf." Yeah. Oh, yes, well, someone I have it. someone I knew who's also a vegetarian had had it before and was like, "It's actually good." And I looked at it and I'm like, "That doesn't look good." Uh, but then they made it up. I was like, it's actually pretty good. I actually made Pat Gray eat this. Now, Pat Gray, who I has never eaten anything that isn't meat before. Right. Like, even the potatoes, he just mixes, like, hamburger in just to make sure it's partially meat. Um, uh, and he actually liked that one. He said it was actually pretty good, which was shocking to me. Are you sure me. you just haven't forgotten, like, what food tastes like? Actually tastes like. Well, that's kind of my belief all the time. But if Pat, if Pat would eat it, it's true. It's got to be true. It's true. Uh, actually, my top story, um, I thought, you know, we're going to the holiday here. How about some actual freaking good news? I've got some good freaking news. It, and not a coincidence that Glenn isn't here today right. and we have good news. <laughs> yes. I just want to point that <laughs> out. avoid the despair for the next couple of minutes. Yes, yes. All right, Jason Buttrell. I just want to put out that tomorrow is Thanksgiving. And more importantly, the Cowboys will be taking over the NFC East because we did beat the Eagles. Um, just want to point that back out Old again. Old prediction. Um, but we, yeah, we will be winning tomorrow and uh, taking control in the driver's seat. We're not letting up. Um, oh, oh, yeah. And there's this, this confidence of the Cowboys <laughs> fans. I, I, like, uh, I am not one of those. Uh, no, it's like all of a sudden you've won two games that's, in like really tight, that's close the games. That's of Cowboys yes, fans. That is. Yeah, you know, when you've won like six or seven Super Bowls, you tend to get cocky. You tell me when oh, you, you get, get that there one. Let me know. Right. You, you tell me when you get to six or seven. Hold on to that one. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I will. <laughs> Well, I realize this isn't happening again in my lifetime, so I'm, I'm sitting back. What's your real top story? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Another Cuban Missile Crisis. Part two, maybe. Okay. So we're all doing good news today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Correct. And Jason Howerton back with us. Yeah. I want to go over the very um, serious report, very serious um, evidence that uh, all people who own an Air 15 are indeed terrorists. So. Oh, wow. Oh. It's very real and very serious. So oh, we need to, we wow. need to talk uh, about this. Yeah, we really need to get into that then, mm. if that's the case. Uh, before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor, Brickhouse. Um, I actually was out of coffee this morning, and I thought that I might die. Until <laughs> I remembered that I had Dawn, From Dawn to Dusk, which is their uh, supplement that you can take to give you energy, but you don't get the jittery feeling that you get when you drink like six cups of coffee. Um, so that is keeping me alive today. Uh, they also have Field of Greens, which is much more desirable, I think, to gentlemen like maybe the ones sitting at this table, uh, to get their vegetables in, oh. you know, perhaps uh, a smoothie or a even milk yeah. or just some also sort of food liquid too. form that I, tastes good. Yeah, you can also mix it with food, too. Yes. Um, you know, switch for your ham soup or something like that. It's a good good addition. Ice Pro- cream. A little protein loaf. Sprinkle some yeah, around the protein I, I, loaf. You know, that's a good question. I should put <laughs> I'm totally doing this. Field of Greens and the Thanksgiving dinner. I love it. But it it tastes great. So it doesn't taste like you're eating vegetables, which is why people don't eat them, Mm because they don't like the taste, because you guys are crazy, because I love vegetables. (laughs) But for some reason, you guys don't like the taste of them. Uh, Even the vegetarian over here, Mr. Vegetarian 
person who hates vegetables. Well, I mean, French fries, I think. Would it's not, that doesn't count. Onion rings? Uh, no, that doesn't count. I, I'll, onion go rings. With, I'll go onion with that, rings. yeah. Okay, onion rings. I eat vegetables then. Hey. Right, with ketchup. No. That's tomato. <laughs> That's a which is a fruit. No, <laughs> wives, you need to get this for your husbands so that they <laughs> drink their vegetables instead of eat them because we all know they're not going to actually eat them. Uh, you can go to BrickHouseBlaze.com. Use promo code GREENS for 15% off your first order. Or you can text GREENS to 41411. Really great way to supplement uh, your meal. All right, Stu, uh, good news. Yeah, good news. Um, uh, Matt Ridley, uh, who's great, uh, he's, he, he does some stuff for a reason, but he wrote a book called The Rational Optimist, which is one of my favorite book, uh, books. I've mentioned it on the show before. Um, but he wrote a plate piece, and I believe it was the Wall Street Journal, which was about why it's so cool to be gloomy. Um, and he goes through a lot of like this kind of psychological um, measures of this, and that like people who, given the choice in you know sort of randomized experiments, will generally nav- they'll navigate their way to the bad news over and over and over and over again, even when they say in writing that they want good news and they don't want bad news. It's not true. They actually want good news, and it's it's mm. part of whatever you know makeup uh, physiologically that we have. And I think it's best um, illustrated by. So many of the positive things that have gone on in the world um, that we never notice and never talk about. Um, for example, the um, actually I have uh, I've, I've got a prop. Oh wow! Uh, this book here. It's another book I would recommend. I was recommend. about to say you're not allowed to bring um, props, but uh, this I one you are because make an exception. Yes, uh, Glenn Beck's addicted to outrage. Um, and there's a great part in here just talking about uh, the realities of what we have seen um, in recent history. Globally, the rate of children dying before the age of five. I mean. There's nothing that could make you, that could be more terrible, right, like than this. Innocent children dying before the age of five. That has dropped by half since 1990. Since 1990 in our lifetimes. Dropped by half. It's a miracle. Remember all the shows back in the 80s and 90s? We are the world and everyone's singing and making these songs and it's all about like government and people donating money to, for aid. It's not really what did it. It was capitalism and the free market and free trade spreading across the globe. Um, and that is, so it's dropped by half. And I think that's fascinating. In, the, uh, in Matt Ridley's uh, article uh, column, he writes about how um, a professor um, asked, uh, I think it was like 1,200 students over multiple years, um, one question as they came in and they started the class, which was, do you believe poverty has doubled or been cut in half in the last 20 years? Um, obviously, we know the answer. It's been cut in half. 95% of people said it had doubled. Wow. That is how insane it is. People are completely disconnected and so drawn to negative news. Um, but listen to, listen to the breakdown of this. Uh, this is the, uh, the equivalent of averting 27 major plane crashes filled entirely with children every single day. Wow. And think about if one, when one plane crash happens, CNN will cover it for like nine months looking for like, you know, we found a wheel. I mean, this will go on for months. 27 a day averted because of this. And even to the point of our, um, our, our politics, like if you think of two major issues that conservatives and liberals talk about, you know, liberals talking about gun violence all the time, conservatives talk about abortion all the time. To put this into perspective, if you happen to be in the pro-life uh, pro- persuasion, you probably have, uh, fought hard to stop the funding of Planned Parenthood. You probably want the doors shuttered immediately. However, you would have to eliminate the number of abortions that occur annually because of Planned Parenthood more than 19 times to, equi- to, to make the equivalent of just this improvement. But don't worry, progressives, if you have been fighting to repeal the Second Amendment with the hopes of stopping all gun-related homicide, we have more good news. This incredible global life-saving achievement is the equivalent to more than 630 years of gun-related murders. Wow. 
and we never mention it. It's something that, as, as, you know, as the story pointed out, 95% of people apparently don't even know. Um, these are miracles. Miracles. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a very, very big believer that you know, the capitalism is, is a gift from God. It really is the, like, it's so, it is, you know, if you read Jonah Goldberg's uh, most recent uh, book, uh, Suicide of the West, which has a really negative title, but is a pretty positive book, um, he goes over this and he calls it the miracle. And I, I really think it's, a, it's, an, it's an appropriate thing. I think if we went back to 1990 and said, hey, we've got this new government program or we've got this new charitable action that we can all come together. And in, and in uh, you know, 28, 20, I think it's about 25 years, I think it's 2015 or 16 are the numbers. 25 years, we are going to cut uh, poverty by half. But the children dying before the age of five uh, will be cut by half. I mean, disease after disease after disease eliminated and all of these wonderful uh, improvements that we've seen over the past quarter century, everyone would have signed up for that deal. Everyone would have said, this is a miracle. It's not possible. And yet it's happened. It's happened largely because of the spread of capitalism and free market uh, and free trade and, uh, and specialization. Those things have changed the world uh, for the better. And we're seeing people being able to live their lives and not have to struggle as often and and all we do is focus on how terrible things are. So when you go into Thanksgiving tomorrow, take a minute and thank, thank, give thanks for that. Because it's probably something that most people haven't thought about. But I can't think of, I honestly cannot think of something that is more, more incredible that we have dealt with um, in my lifetime. It, is, it has been the greatest, I think it's Albert, uh, Arthur Brooks who says this, not Albert Brooks. That would be weird. It was a, it was a movie. <laughs> but Arthur Brooks says that this is the greatest uh, human achievement when it comes to poverty that has ever been uh, occurred on our planet, and it's happened within our lifetime, and we never notice it. Tomorrow, take a minute to notice it. Yeah, but what about the last thing that Trump tweeted? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great point. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you think, like, in a, in a sensible world, like, these things would be covered a yeah. lot more closely than whatever Trump tweets last? And it's not. They'll spend hours, like, obsessing. We, watched, we did that clip yesterday of Dan Crenshaw, who was... Mm-hmm trying to get them to even point out one minor thing. One reporter can't go in. Jim Acosta can't get his face on TV as much, which is something we should all pray for. Um, it'd be another miracle. Um, but, uh, you know, like that is like, that'll take up days and days and days of coverage. This stuff is real. It's happened. People, 17,000 children who used to die are alive every day. It's an incredible miracle, and we should, we should appreciate it more. Uh, I'm sure we won't. I know, but I'm, I'm making my I case. Will. You will. Okay. I we will. Okay. We will at this table. You made one America, convert. please, join us. All right. Uh, Jason Buttrell. Uh, keeping missile crisis. Now bring us down. Yeah. Bring us down. I know. I was I thank you for that. I don't want to follow that story. Um, so this is one of those like fantastical thing, the things that the Russians said. But um, So going back a few weeks, uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, the Trump administration had talked about uh, pulling out of the intermediate range ballistic missile treaty with Russia, uh, and if that happens, there could be other you know ballistic missile treaties that that, that could go down as well. Um, I, I, before I launch into this, let me just say that ballistic missile treaties haven't stopped nuclear war. Nuclear weapons have stopped nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Nuclear weapons are the only weapons that we develop that are in any by any country's arsenal that with the sole intention of never using them. Um, the, the, I don't want to. I don't want to throw out percentages, but they're just people are not stupid. They're not going to basically invite their own destruction. The turn is real. 
Right, right, exactly. Um, and the intermediate range uh, missiles, that was just, a, just ridiculous as well. I mean, so that, that whole argument was based off they didn't want to have these intermediate range missiles that were like, you know, in, uh, in Western Russia that could strike France and Germany and all that stuff, which is dumb because they already have, IC, they already have the capability with, via ICBMs to hit any, all those places anyway. Yeah. So it, it really didn't matter. That was just another small little thing. Anyway, so uh, this Russian general just said that um, if, uh, if we did pull out of, the, uh, of that uh, ballistic missile treaty, that Putin will have no other option but to take nuclear weapons and put them on, on Cuba. So basically restarting the whole Cuban Missile Crisis. And I, it's, 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 it's funny to me. It's, it's stupid, really, because every time there is a big... It, it's not about what the nuclear weapons or what, or, or what um, about uh, Cuba striking the United States with, with nuclear weapons. That, that's just dumb. It, it's never going to happen. Um, and a lot of people always ask, uh, ask me, like, what is, the, what is the importance of Cuba? Like, why are we always so obsessed with the island of Cuba? And it's not that it's so close to the United States. It's, it's its proximity where it is. And this is kind of a cool story. If I can nerd out really quick, I'll try to do it really fast. Um, but that area, the reason why we became so obsessed with Cuba actually started in, during the War of 1812. So when the British uh, burnt down Washington, famously burnt down the, uh, the White House, uh, they thought that they were going to cripple the United States. Like, ah, we got them. They were thinking like in this kind of European mold. They took out our capital and we were done. What they, did, they, what they failed to realize later was that, oh, wait a minute, the economy's still chugging along. It's almost like these people don't care about this swamp with this White House here. <laughs> like, this is not really America. And so they figured that out. And so several, uh, uh, around 1814, uh, towards the end of 1814, they went through, they sailed past Cuba and went all the way down to uh, Louisiana to knock out uh, the Mississippi, the ports, all those areas. Um, Andrew Jackson famously led an army down there, defeated them, and then we are, you know, the rest is history. But that was a lesson learned by a lot of uh, countries that whoever controls Cuba, whoever goes down through there, they can cripple the United States by shutting off our lifeblood, our economy. To this day, uh, in terms of tonnage, the most amount of tonnage that flows out of the United States or into the United States is still that corridor, Texas, Louisiana, uh, that whole area that runs straight through Cuba. Um, so if you want to like, if you want to cripple us, you threaten Cuba. Now, that's what this is all about. Nuclear weapons are not going back to Cuba. It's just not going to happen. But that's just Russia telling us, look, we have options. If you really want to continue messing with us, we know of different levers that we can pull, which would probably be Russian warships going to Cuba, which could threaten a blockade eventually. Mm -hmm. So that's a bunch of, bunch of nerdy stuff. But it's something that I've been wanting to tell for, say for a while because a lot of people just don't understand what is so you know, crucial about Cuba, what it means to us. It's actually the same exact reason why uh, we're trying to, the islands that we have around China um, and what ticks China off and like why we're there, it's the same exact reason. Those little islands, we can, we can do a blockade and stop them and cripple their economy. Glenn Jr. over here really brought us <laughs> down. <laughs> wow. yeah. I think, wait, let's but, take... But the bright side, the nukes okay, are yes, not going please, to Cuba. Leave They're us not. on the bright side. We're good. Right. <laughs> I, I said to you, a bright side of nuclear deterrent. I mean, I think that's one of the things that we've... Uh, found over yeah. the past decades is that the amount of people dying in war has dropped dramatically. And I really think a big part of that is nuclear deterrent. Like, you don't want to get in a world war anymore <laughs> because that does not turn out well, as we've seen. Mm -hmm. And so instead of having millions and millions and millions of people dying with conventional weapons, we're all scared to death of dying of a nuclear weapon. And that that has dropped dramatically uh, over, the, over the years. I'm going to bring this all back to positive today. I don't care. <laughs> I'm doing it. Back in a minute. <laughs> now you'll get your chance, yes. Jason, yeah. to bring us back down. No, mine's, mine's happy. No, okay. <laughs>
Before we get into gun owners all being terrorists, I want to thank our sponsor, Rigazone. Oh, I thought it was, I was going to see if it was iTarget Pro. It would, it would have fit perfectly. It would have fit perfectly. Uh, but so does Rigazone, of course. Yeah. At this time, especially the day before Thanksgiving. That's where it fits really perfectly <laughs> right now this time of year because we're all about to go out. Uh, eat a bunch of food, gain a bunch of weight. Oh yeah. And you wanna, you don't wanna do that. You wanna uh, at least, at least limit it, if not just fend it off completely. Let's talk about reality here for a second. Okay. Uh, don't, don't listen to Sarah on this stuff. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's too, she's too under control to be, be you know, valuable in this not. conversation. Uh, you uh, will actually be good on Thanksgiving. I think this is important for like the days after. Like totally. you've got the la- leftovers, you got everything piled up. You could be eating the entire weekend easily. Make it a Thursday to Sunday thing, like I usually do. This is the way to. You can this. You can limit that. Right. Yeah. You can right. limit that. Or yes. just don't limit it. You gorge yourself all those days. And then Monday. Then go exactly. Or Monday. Perfect. You can do it too. I mean, I, I don't recommend that. Or wait like two could. weeks of eating and then come back like three Mondays later, and and it'll help them. <laughs> like we we keep adding several days, <laughs> weeks onto so it. So zone you need uh, to help you either whether you want to lose weight or you just want to keep the weight off. You just want to maintain. Um, it helps boost your metabolism, help you feel full longer. I swear by it. I take it all the time, and it's it's been great for me uh, since I've lost. Weight. So you can go to ridneyzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Get 30% off of a three-month supply by using promo code TheBlaze. It's like $1.39 a day. That's totally worth it. Uh, and then maybe it'll keep you from having to then put a New Year's resolution out of having to lose the weight that you just gained. Uh, all right. I wish you would put your picture back up again, to be honest. Do with you, you. want to see it? I actually do. Can, can we, we see it? Can we pull that? Yeah. Can we pull my picture back up? Just for anyone Mr. Director? There oh, it is. There it is. Yeah, that was me, the number 10. See? Yeah, I... It's it's me. I promise. Look, look, same smile. (laughs) I I just don't believe you, but it's okay. It's okay that I don't believe you. I just don't. Uh, All right, Jason. So all you said, all gun owners are mass mass murderers. Yeah, it's a new report that's out, and it's it's actually terrifying because it's from a Newsweek writer. So you know, it's it's really um, really serious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's really convincing. uh, (laughs) Yes, I know. Can we Um, we pull up the? The tweet. Yeah, so I don't want that. I want I want the tweet from, uh, her name is Nina, I think it's Burley or Burley, I don't know how she wants to say her name, but um, if you missed it, Rep, um, Eric Swalwell, Swalwell, why did he say his stupid name? Um, he's, a, he's a Democrat, basically um, joked that um, we could just nuke people who, who <laughs> right. didn't yes. want to get their uh, guns confiscated. Which, which is, is not only not funny, it's also, it, that would not... Totally well. normal thing to do as a, <laughs> as a congressman, and if and it's if, not a good method, but it's surprisingly, it didn't get much uh, attention, right? Uh, again, like if imagine uh, Trump made that. Oh point. God! I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we can do that. Again, yeah. Whatever. I know. So, uh, but but so what ended up happening uh, after that? So this is a response to to one of uh, uh, it's like a quote tweet to one of Swalwell's uh, uh, nuke explanations because obviously you need to explain when you threaten to to nuke gun owners, um, and she says. Almost every single person I've ever heard of with an AR-15 has been a mass murderer. <laughs> based on Twitter, based on a Twitter, no, wait, hold on. Then she, she takes a sample. The scientific. A scientific sample. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, and based on her Twitter sample, the Twitter rest of them sample. are scarily paranoid. Get on the right side of history at DLash at Rambo Biggs. Hashtag gun sense. Gun sense. What's a Twitter sample? Yeah. Do you want anything to prove your point off based off of what's said on Twitter? Right. I mean, no, probably not. I if my Twitter, Twitter is. sample is based on my mentions, then we are extinct <laughs> in a yeah. decade. Yeah. That's what I know. But but all that proves again, Newsweek writer lives in a bubble, 
has no friends who own guns, doesn't get the culture, doesn't know who we are, doesn't care to know who we are. She sees a gun, she sees a terrorist, so therefore I'm a terrorist in her eyes. And, and that's just what, that's why we never get anything done. Like, and I'm a guy, I'm a Texas guy. Like, I'm a carry guy. I usually carry, I'm not carrying here, so everybody calm down. But, but I'm a carry. Here in Texas, no one's nervous about that. Yeah. I'm a carry guy, I'm a pro-gun guy, uh, and even I am open to some sort of regulations. I am. Like, if it makes, if you can show me on paper, if we do this, X, Y, Z will happen. This is how crime will go down. Not just. That's the important thing. Not just showing it on right, paper. I need yeah. to see some data. And then I'm open to say that. And, but we can never get there because this is what we start with. We start with AR-15, you're a terrorist if you own one. And then everybody gets mad and everybody starts yelling at each other. And then nothing ever happens. And she's part of the problem, and, and I'm sure she knows it, but doesn't care. <laughs> and, and it's just frustrating, especially did, as a gun owner. Did you see Rose McGowan's tweet about um, mental health? Yes, I did. Did you? She said, and I I, we don't have it, but uh, this just made me think of it. She said something along the lines of, you can keep your guns. I, I don't want to argue for gun control, but I do want to address the mental health issues that we have and getting people the resources that they, that they need and coming together at least on that so that you can keep your guns. Can we all agree on that? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. I, I mean, I've just seen recently there was someone um, who I know who has been like involuntarily committed three different times can still go purchase a firearm. Right, like how because there are certain things that they have to do while they're committed. A, a judge has to adjudicate it before they like they don't just automatically go into a system when they have mental health issues like that. Yeah, I mean, this, which this you, actually, it makes me nervous. Slope, I mean, right? I, you know, but, again, like we've seen so many of these cases where when these things get you know because like uh, people obviously want. You want to be safe. You want to have. You want your society to be as effective as possible in preventing violence. And I think like that's why these these areas I think make sense to approach because you know you're not going to have the gun debate going on. It's not part of the gun debate, right? Like security shouldn't be part of the gun debate. Health, you know, mental health shouldn't be part of the gun debate. Those are separate things that will help the gun debate, but will help a million other things too, right? I mean, like those are just good ideas. Um, you know, I get nervous when we start talking about some of these because. We, we've seen so many times how governments use them. You know, they slope, say, right. okay, right. well, you, you know what? You took depression med yeah. medicine yeah, 12 absolutely. years ago, and I'm sorry. Like, you've got that prescription, and it's on our records. And yeah. They used it to take guns away from old people, yeah. crying out loud. Yeah. They do uh, to military a lot. I mean, PTSD uh, yeah. scares the crap out of me yeah. because almost every single veteran over the past 10 years has got some form of PTSD or that they've marked it down. I've talked about that before. That's yeah, Glenn's scary. talked about, you know, talking to a lot of veterans about, uh, you know, when you come back, and Jason, maybe you can speak to this more accurately than I'm about to. Uh, but, uh, you know, he always tells the story of, like, you know, people come back from war and if they are having some issues and they're not exactly sure what it is, if they're willing to kind of commit to, you know, to a PTSD sort of diagnosis and go down that road, it's easier for them to get resources. So some people are like convinced to say, OK, well, maybe I'll entertain that more often. And then they cross that line of being uh, of having that on their record. And then if, uh, you know, a law that could could it go, go after that? Could restrict and, and you, the rights of people. You know what happens to a lot of kids too that that they don't know it, when parents take their kids to for counseling or for for therapy, and if you go through insurance, it, it then becomes part of their record. So yeah. then you have to think, okay, well, does that count too? Like, and parents don't even know that they're doing that. So I do think it's really slippery. A, a lot of what we've seen though with shootings. Some of so them are many, so obvious. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of so them are signs, but they're not so being many, put into the proper right. systems. So many signs missed. So many balls dropped. It's like. Can we clean up that first right. before we it's, talk about the anything? The low-hanging fruit right? is easy, right? And, and it seems like every time there, there are these uh, these incidents where where they're known and they're they're a risk and 
and sometimes they're not supposed to have guns, sometimes they steal their parents' guns, right? Like there's, it's just such a tough thing, but we gotta start at least from like step one and we can't even get there. We can't and, even get and to two, step one. And to her tweet too, I mean, isn't the AR-15 the most popular modern sporting rifle in America? Like, I mean, that's, I, Well, that's because not, we have a lot of, of mass murders in this oh, country. Oh, okay. So got it. It's a big issue. And, 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 I'm glad we, had to, we we got to take a break. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we addressed Super hot take. Oh, oh super hot take. You always have a super hot take. <laughs> Jason, what was your super hot take? Um, I was just going to say that the AR-15, there's nothing special about the weapon. There's nothing special about the AR-15 at all. Yeah. There's other more deadly weapons but, you, that well, you can get. Bloomberg said it, it can go uh, That's oh, yeah. ridiculous. Fully automatic. Fully. So basically what they're asking for is a ban on semi-automatic weapons. It's right. eventually where it gets yes. to. Right, we're talking right. About which is like pretty much everything. That right. take was hot. Yeah, hot. I told it? you. Hey, be are careful. you going back out on tour? Yes, we're going to be in Florida in a couple weeks. So go to glenbeck.com slash tour, Tampa and Orlando. I think it's November 30th and December 1st or something. So go check that out. It'll be fun. It's a, it's a fun night. Yeah. Are you, but you're going to be there? I don't... That's the pa- if I you're mean, there, I, I don't know if I, I want to buy a ticket. Yes, I don't have to go. I mean, if it's going to help <laughs> ticket sales, I could just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in overtime. Is it? Is it? Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Stu, uh, want to talk about incomes? Yeah, you know what? I've, I don't know if you've noticed, I've, I've made a theme of positive news today. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the big complaints about our society in general is that wages have stagnated. You know, it's like, oh, well... Rich get richer, but the wages are stagnating. Income inequality, you've heard all these arguments. Plus inflation. Plus inflation. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, there's some elements of truth kind of in there. Um, When, you know, of course, one of the things you have to look at is the way we get paid. Progressives have fought for uh, policies in which make businesses make decisions for you on how you spend your money. Uh, you must you must control you must you know have health care. You must have all these benefits. You they've raised ins- the minimum wage to this. Right, exactly. And so they have decided, they've made the decisions for you because they've saying the business now is going to give you um, all this health care. And all that health care costs have obviously gone up over the years um, and has continued to go up since Obamacare. Um, but that system means that if you think of like, if you're making $30,000, but you get $10,000 of health insurance, well, to the company, it's $40,000. Right. And as that incre- increases, they're actually paying more and more and more and more, even though you're not feeling it. Mm-hmm. To me, that's really bad because you should be feeling those benefits. They're, it's your money. Um, but I didn't come up with those policies. Those are progressive policies, not mine. Um, however, even when you look at income and you start factoring all the different things that have happened, this comes from um, benefits and um, uh, wages and transfers and all the different things that go into um, how much money you're actually receiving per year, it's interesting to look at the numbers. And here is, this is the richest people. Of course, the rich do get richer. Um, as you see there, 186000 um, in 2000. It goes up to 215000 which is a, 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 a raise of about 15%. But as you go through, the, and this is the groups of 20%. So the richest 20% is up 15%. However, the second richest is up 16%. And as we know, the rich are getting richer. So, uh, you know, they're obviously leading the pack here, as we're, as we're told by every analysis. But when you go to the next group, it's another one, the middle uh, 20%. Hmm. 
uh, their salaries are going up by 15 percent, just the same as the richest among us. When you go down one more quintile to the second poorest, it's 17 percent. It's actually a little higher percentage wise than all the other. And poorest is the biggest success story of all at 32 percent. They're more than double uh, the richest among us as far as percentage. Now, look, you're making thirty three thousand dollars. You might not say uh, that's you know, I'm I'm excited about that. You know, 32 percent because that guy's making two hundred fifteen thousand and that's more. Well, I got news for you. The reason you try to get rich is because it's easier to keep your money when you get it, right? Like, like there's a reason why people try really hard to get rich because it does make life easier in many ways. But that the role of society as a policy is not to try to limit people who, from getting richer if they're rich. I, Bill Gates, I don't know what Bill Gates, he can make as much money as he wants. And Jeff Bezos can make as much money as he wants. It doesn't affect me. In fact, it, it only affects me in the fact that I can get soda delivered to my house like 50 times a day from Amazon. <laughs> he does things that make my life a lot better. I didn't better. know Amazon was delivering diabetes oh. now. Yeah, they are. Well, <laughs> oh, they wow. are, absolutely. Okay, uh, but of course, I drink diet soda because I love it. Um, but uh, that's, you know, I understand. Um, no, it's true, though. I mean, like, you can get anything delivered, right, from Amazon. Jeff Bezos makes my life uh, objectively easier and better. Uh, and he's the richest person in the world. So uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of an interesting, positive thing to look at it that way. Incomes are going up, uh, maybe not as fast as we'd like. Uh, if you go back to the 80s and 90s, those those rates have gone up from then too. It's not just a since 2000 type of thing. It's it's a you know society's getting better as far as income goes. But beyond that, even if you made the exact amount of money, the number is not the thing to focus on. The number the, the, what to focus on is how much how much better things are. Yeah, I, n- um, I never understood the yeah. in- income inequality argument. Like, how is that? infringing on you like because you have two hundred thousand i have thirty thousand like am i being denied something yeah right like no, no. i just it's like mind your own business yeah. it, it's just work, work on you right work totally on you jealousy. don't worry about everyone else and then if you work hard enough maybe one day you can be the two hundred thousand yeah. dollar you know earner and back right. in the day you know income what's called income inequality now was called keeping up with the joneses it was something that yeah. we as a society said that's a pathetic thing you shouldn't try to do mm-hmm. um you know and like i can understand you want to make it's very important that the bottom comes up. That is very important. We have to make sure that people are able to get their basic needs. But it is not important to bring the top down. Like, I, it, like if everyone on earth made a, uh, you know, a billion dollars, um, uh, except for the richest among us that made a trillion dollars, would we complain about income inequality? Like, we'd all live the lives that we wanted financially. It wouldn't make a difference that one group made more than us. Can you get to that bottom group to a level where they're comfortable? And that is very important and can be a focus of policy at some level. Um, but in reality, like freeing this up and, and making things, making business easier, making people, uh, you know, more able to get jobs and, and help themselves well, is the best way to do it. As long as we have opportunity, right? As long as we keep the door to opportunity open. Some, I'm sorry, some of you are losers. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I mean, and you're not meant to, you're not, you don't have the skill set to get to uh, certain levels, but that's okay. Like yeah. if you have the, op- if, if you have the opportunity to pursue your happiness and pursue greatness, that's what why we're so awesome. And stop trying to uh, to bring socialism mm-hmm. back into into style. When again, another thing that was like a dirty word twenty years ago is now like this cool hip mainstream. Yeah, I, I also uh, I saw a study. This was a couple years ago, but it was talking about. Um, people who are considered to be poor mm-hmm. uh, in this day and age and what they had oh. or didn't have. So it's like they don't all you had... Even, don't you even make me do it. Don't so, you even make okay, me do it. Okay, so they all have the <laughs> Xboxes and... Mm-hmm. Am I going to make you do it? No, I'll, I'll get Flat me. screen TVs mm-hmm. 
and all of these things that they're, they're considered poverty level or poor, but yeah. they've got all of these first world things that it's like they're not what you think of when you, you know, you see the commercials with the kids in Africa who are actually starving, you yeah, know, and it's not, uh, right. Like that's God, not, right, right, exactly. Right. But like, that's not what we live in, in America. Yeah. Uh, this is from Glenn Beck's book, of course, uh, due to outrage. I when I said I read a study or like yeah. a couple years ago, what I meant was <laughs> I read it in so Glenn's planned. book. So planned. It wasn't actually, oh. I marked two places. I was going to go with, the, with, with this one and then I switched <laughs> to the other one last minute. And then you brought this up. It's perfect. For all of eternity, man was able to stay alive without a refrigerator, electricity, radio, microwave, or color television. Mm-hmm. Might have been hot, sticky, and a lot less entertaining, but survival was possible. Today, each of these self-evident luxury items, when measured against all of human history, are owned by between 96.3 and 99.3 of all, percent of all households. Yeah. Think of that. Yeah. The computer, when Bill Clinton was elected, only 20% of American households had one. Think of that. When Barack Obama left, more than 80% had a computer, more than half had a tablet, and almost everyone had a smartphone far more powerful than any computer during the Clinton years. The average piece of land that produces corn now yields 8.6 times as much corn as it did during World War II. Wow. 8.6 times. Now, that's only positive if you like corn, but you do get the point. Um, this is, uh, and, and this is the other one. A population of the U.S., uh, the percent, percentage of the U.S. population that is both homeless and unsheltered is 0.1%. Around the world, it's still 20. Wow. Um, so there's a lot of work to do around the world, but the United States has come a long way. Yeah. And when you, you can lose sight of that. From when you say just you compare income to income, right. if you made fifty thousand and like the average person is making fifty thousand now, you might say, "Well, uh, that sucks." There's income stagnation. But when you step back and say, "What is that fifty thousand dollars buying you now?" Mm-hmm. Things that weren't even invented twenty five years ago. Right. You know, I mean, they, um, uh, I talked about Matt really uh, earlier, and one of the things he brings up in that book, uh, Rational Optimist, is talking about like King Louis or something. And you know, if you think of the life of King Louis, he ruled everything. He had, could do whatever he wanted. So when he, it was time for him to have dinner, he would have this gigantic, like picture those, you know, you know, king sort of tables, the long rectangular tables. And his servants would come and they would come and fill the entire table with every single kind of food, every piece of fruit, every single dish that he could possibly imagine. And he would just walk down and take whatever he wanted. We have that at Golden Corral now. <laughs> Anybody can walk in there for $9 and eat as much as they want. Every grocery store you walk in has thousands and thousands of times more options than King Louis had. Uh, and they're all safe and they don't. Like, can you imagine what the fruit looked like in King Louis' day? It was probably terrible. It's all delicious. Like you can buy it for almost nothing. I mean, it is an amazing world we live in and we never appreciate it. And look, I brought it back to positivity you again. You did. What are the, what are the yeah, numbers yeah. and what, how, what, how the billion? That capitalism has brought out of poverty over the past. Yeah, I mean, it's like basically 20... two two billion people over, out of poverty. Um, I, I mean, that's a it's a miracle. And a vast, a, a large majority of that was in China. And I just thought that's just another interesting thing China for and India. Decades of of you know hardcore communism and socialism under Mao like made them one of the most impoverished nations in the world. Yeah. But when they started incorporating free trade and capitalism into their markets, then they started, you know, bringing out, I think it was like around a billion people. Uh, it's a <laughs> coincidence. <laughs> pure, pure coincidence. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I thought you guys would appreciate the story. Uh, student groups at the University of Oregon are hosting an event uh, that's called Thanks But No Thanksgiving, Decolonizing an American Holiday. And it will, of course, focus on uh, mm, how people, they can give thanks, but they also need to make sure to raise their critical consciousness and identifying ways to decolonize the holiday. Jason Howerton, uh, wait, you look like I, you want to I don't even know what that, what do you mean, decolonize the <laughs> holiday? Like, I, what do you mean? Uh, well, the main messages of Thanksgiving are that of gratitude, food, and family. However, Thanksgiving is... 
foundationally speaking, a celebration of the ongoing genocide right. against Native people. You can't. You can't. I so can't, thanks, but no thanks. I can't ungenocide anything that's been done. <laughs> I'm sorry. But You're what I responsible for what happened hundreds of years ago? I might be. I don't I know. I read a history book, Jason Howerton I from CRTV was. I can't ungenocide, but what I can do <laughs> is I can do the right thing now mm -hmm. and eat turkey and be thankful <laughs> for America. That's what I can do today. So I'm sorry that I'm not sorry about whatever whatever that is. Don't make me do this, by the way. Uh -oh. oh, God. Oh, Are you going to show you up my door later with this? I, I'm going to the postmodernism chapter. No! No! no. 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 no we're not Tell me that's not an example of what he talks about every it time. Is. Like, you try going after our institutions. Yes. Uh, you know, making making a villain out of the, the benefits, the, the good things in our society. That is exactly what he's talking about. I just don't want to hear from him anymore. Yeah. That's a whole other situation. Um, okay. So Back to the really, NFL. No, really, quick, no, really quick before we go. Uh, Thanksgiving. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Some weird... Probably food. Worthington's protein loaf. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I've always... The interesting thing people say, like, you're a vegetarian. You can't, what are you going to do on Thanksgiving? First of all, there are a lot of uh, meat-free options. Uh, some of them are terrible. Some of them are pretty freaking good. I will say, though, the sides are the star to me always, and they always have been of uh, Thanksgiving. So you've got the mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes I can eat. You got all the pies. Do you do gravy? I eat that. I don't, there, is, there is vegetarian gravy, yeah. which is, I don't think, it's really distinguishable. Good. No, it's not, it's, it's not a hard thing. Some foods are hard to replicate. That one's okay. not. It's just some. It's some weird sauce. Like that's not. That's easy. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, we, we do mac and cheese, um, uh, which I, I like that as an addition. That was not part of my Northeast initial uh, yeah, Thanksgiving, I, I, but I, I think the mac and cheese is a solid addition to uh, Thanksgiving. I would I would recommend I, it. I see you're having a hard time picking just one. Yeah, no, I, I like all the foods. <laughs> that's me. Pie. What's your favorite pie? I mean, I like pumpkin, and people wreck pumpkin. I think the apple crumb it might be the star mm. of it for me. We have an apple crumb every year, and that's really delicious. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What about you, Jason Bustrell? My, my wife makes this ridiculous loaded uh, potato. You know, like Ooh. she like hollows it out, takes it out, then like whips oh, it up yeah. separately. Oh, yeah. Mixes twice it, baked. Yeah. Twice baked. That's it. Oh, yeah. Then so chops up the bacon, all that stuff. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait lots for tomorrow. Cheese. Lots of cheese, of course, oh, lots of cheese. Carbs. Oh, and then pecan pie. If anyone says pecan, I'll punch you up. That's my favorite pie too. I would pecan? Pecan. Oh, go pecan too. I think love pe it. Pecan. It's, yeah, I'm going pecan. It's Ugh. like you're just, it's like you're just eating diabetes. Like you're yes, just, you're just eating it. <laughs> Sorry, I, I say pecan. Oh no! <laughs> is that your? What's your favorite? Uh, favorite food is probably going to be um, stuffing. To be honest, oh, stuffing. Stuffing is so good with gravy and then pecan pie. <laughs> do you do? So you do stuffing, not dressing. Because I'm very, Stuffing. I'm very particular about and make sure that you're calling it the right thing. I don't, it, I don't know. It's not inside the I'm turkey. I'm scared. I don't know. It's inside the turkey. It's stuffing. Oh, okay. If you make it separately, dressing. it's dressing. I do both. So well, stove double. top says just stove top. Stuffing. Stuffing. Right? Even though you don't, if you don't put it in the turkey, it's still stuffing. They call no, it stuffing. No, but that's why you call it stuffing is because you're stuffing so it inside the turkey. This is semantics is what this is right this here. Is, uh, this is postmodern. Let me get the book out. <laughs> this is postmodern. <laughs> no, 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 we're going. We got to go. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs> oh. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.